Just like Avila said, man, it's a blessing to be able to see that you guys are here. It'd be a pretty big bummer if you show up to a men's retreat and you're the only guy there, right? <laughs> a little sketchier with, as uh, Avila said, right, no weapons and you're out in the middle of nowhere, no service, and says you and Jose, it'd be pretty scary, right? Uh, but it's, uh, it's a blessing to be able to have other brothers that, man, they have the same desire of the Lord. And man, isn't steak such a beautiful thing? <laughs> steak is a beautiful thing, right? Uh, we were offering a sweet-smelling aroma right through there, the smoke, the holy, holy of holies. And uh, man, it's just so good to be able to get together with one another. Um, no one has to be plastered, nobody has to be high, nobody has to be worrying about driving the next day, nobody has to be worried about losing their job, no one has to be worried about their marriage is going to be in jeopardy as a result of what they did this weekend. And it's what the Lord intended. He intended to be able to fellowship with one another. And now you don't have to be worried when you get home who's going to find out. Or maybe you still have to be worried who's going to find out. But uh, man, we're looking to please the Lord. But hey, let's pray and then we'll dive in. Uh, so Lord, we love you, God. And Lord, how good, Lord, how awesome it is, Lord, when brethren are able to dwell together in unity, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for this weekend. Uh, we thank you for the brotherhood that you've given us, God. Uh, we thank you so much, Lord. Uh, Lord, for, for Pastor Raz, Lord, and his discipleship, Lord, and just the different men who are here, Lord. How there's many churches, Lord, where there's very few men, Lord. And we're so grateful and thankful for the healthy church that you have blessed us with, Lord. And uh, God, I just pray now that you pour out your Holy Spirit now on each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, may you speak to us. May you soften our hearts, Lord. Help us right now. To have that good soil, Lord, that as the seed goes forth, uh, Lord, it would bear much fruit, Lord. So we just pray you would do that work in us, God. Uh, may you just be blessed. And Lord, help us to have endurance, Lord. Help us to last a week from now, six months from now, a year from now, ten years from now. Lord, help us to last, God, until whenever we meet that finish line, Lord. Whenever we meet you face to face, God. So we just love you. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So you're hopefully there in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, hopefully you guys know the verse by now. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll read verse 3 and verse 4. It tells us, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And again, we've read this verse already many times, but it's always important as you read God's word, hey, what's the context here, right? What's the rest of the scripture? Is this a general writing to one of his soldiers, right? Was it a mom writing to her daughter, right, her son? What in the world is going on here? And as Second Timothy is being written, the author, Paul, he is in prison, he is in prison. It's not the first time he's been in prison. And he knows that his life is in danger. If you go to chapter 4, verse 6, Paul says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. So the author here, he's writing, knowing that his life is about to end at any moment. And now he's imparting wisdom to his son in the faith. Paul, what else is he going through? Paul is there in prison and everyone else has left him. Everyone else has forsaken him. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, 
Paul says, at my f- the first offense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. Again, Paul, he's in prison, he's alone, and the first time he goes to court, nobody else shows up for his side. Nobody else shows up to be his defense. He's trying to be obedient to God. He's doing God's work, and yet everyone has forsaken him. Everyone has left him, and he's in prison all alone. And now you have this man writing to his son in the faith, who's taking care of different things in different areas. And now Timothy, he wasn't the fiery tiger, right? (laughs) Timothy, he wasn't the screaming eagle. (laughs) I was trying to think, man, what is Avila? I think he's a fighting kangaroo, right? He's ready to fight at any time. You don't know what he's going to pull out of the pouch whenever he teaches. He's always got something he's going to pull out, right? Wasn't the fighting kangaroo. Timothy was a young man that had to be constantly reminded, Hey Tim, don't be timid. Hey Timothy, don't be timid. Hey Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you just because how young you are. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, a couple pages to the left in your Bibles, in verse 12, Paul, the same father in the faith, right to his son in the faith, tells him, Hey, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in the word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Turn to the right in your Bible, one page. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Paul reminds him, hey, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us, Timothy, my son, God has not given us a spirit of fear or of being timid. But God has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. (laughs) Timothy wasn't this great man of war. A lot of people think Timothy dealt with anxiety and stomach ulcers and different problems like that from the stress he was under. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23, Paul tells Timothy, his young son in the faith, Hey, don't drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities, right? Timothy was the poor sickly kid that was always sick in class. That's who Tim is. And yet his father in the faith is telling him, Hey, you must, endure hardship as a good soldier that's what this father in the faith is telling him and again where in this where in the world is this coming from you're writing to the sickly kid with stomach ulcers and you're telling him hey you need to be a good soldier you need to endure not like a mediocre soldier not like a bad soldier you need to endure like a good soldier what does that have to do with anything again context is king in god's word guys we go to second timothy chapter one And we'll start in verse 13 and we'll read the end of the chapter. And again, hopefully now you'll start to pick up the pieces and it'll make sense. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13. Again, Paul, he's telling Timothy, Hey, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Aniphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived at Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day, And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. 
You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So why in the world did Paul tell Timothy, hey, you must endure hardship like a good soldier of Jesus Christ? Because guys, as much as we hate it, we are prone to be quitters. We are prone to be quitters. The path of least resistance does not lead you to enduring hardship like a good soldier. The path of least resistance, as big and bad as each of us think we are, right? Because we all have pride and egos. Left to ourselves, left to the path of least resistance, we're quitters. We're not going to endure the hardship. Or we may endure it, but we're going to be complaining like a wussy soldier, right? We're not going to be a good soldier. We're going to be complaining in the midst of it. Or maybe you're going to be in the midst of hardship and you're going to take shortcuts. And now you're going to be that soldier that, hey, you're in war. You're following your commander, but you're stealing from the camp. You're taking from other people and you're taking shortcuts. Again, the path of least resistance, gentlemen, does not lead to endurance and being a good soldier. And no one likes a quitter, right? Does anybody sign up and say, hey, I wanna, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a quitter. I just want to let a bunch of people down. I just want to be the biggest flake ever, right? Nobody says that. I was looking at some athletes. It made me laugh. Again, it's sad. We live in Miami, so hopefully you guys remember Ricky Williams, right? Amazing football player, super talented. He got caught smoking weed over and over again. He's faced with a four-game suspension. He's going to be able to play, make millions of dollars playing football. And what does he do the week before training camp starts? He quits. And why did he quit? He said, I want to smoke weed. (laughs) I want to find myself. So instead of getting paid millions of dollars that season, he went backpacking in Australia and New Zealand so he can find himself. Recently, this past year, cornerback for the Bills, I think, Vontae Davis. He just changed teams. I believe it was the second or third game of the year. He was hurt the year before. They were playing. They were down 28-0 at halftime to the Indianapolis Colts. And he decided to retire at halftime. He never came back out of the tunnel. I guess the coach's speech wasn't that great. Uh, Oh, he says in the middle of the game, he just said, hey, I'm not in it. Again, millions of dollars. You got all the other guys on the team. And he just said, hey, my heart's not in it. I feel like retiring. This is before my time, but I think I remember this. Robert Duran. He was a championship boxer. He was the champion at the time. And in the middle of the fight, he raised up his hands and he yelled, no mas. He quit. In the middle of the championship fight, protecting his belt. Guys, these are professional athletes. These are men that it's not little things on the line. It's millions of dollars on the line. Endorsements. And yet, with pressure, they quit. And now these people from Asia, the warning to Timothy in verse 13 in chapter 1, the first warning 
The first thing that we have to do as good soldiers is hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. The first thing we need to do as good soldiers is have open communication with our general. That's the first thing you have to do as a good soldier. If you have no communications, if your comms are down, you're going to be doing nothing. You're not going to know what you're doing. And now the first encouragement to Timothy in verse 13 is, hey, you need to hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Man, we need to be in the Word. We need to hold fast to the sound pattern of words that has been laid out for us through the blessing of the Word of God at Calvary Chapel, Miami. There's been a pattern given to you. Hey, this is the way you should live your life. You want to be a blessing. You want to be a blessing to your kids, to your wife. This is the way that you got to live your life. But then all of a sudden, there are times where we say, you know what? I really don't feel like holding to that pattern anymore. You know what? I'm not going to hold on to it in faith and love. I found out that I can be enlightened if I do certain things for the Lord. You know, I found out that there's this certain sect and they're way more holy and spiritual than every, any, everybody else. And you're letting go of the pattern of sound words which you have heard from the spiritual father that spoke to you. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Again, guys, we need to hold on to the word of God. We need to hold on to the sound pattern that we have been given. Because if we lose that communication with the Lord and reading through the Word and going through God's Word, you're not going to know who's your enemy or who's your friend. You're not going to know what's up from down. You're not going to know anything. If your comms are down, you're not going to know what your marching orders are. And now you're going to begin to do stupid things, right? For all guys, when we're not on a mission and we're left to ourselves, we do stupid things, right? I was listening, uh, Ken, Ken Graves, he said it. You get a bunch of men together and we all make each other stupid, right? <laughs> you get a bunch of girls together and they make each other smarter, right? They lift each other up. We start doing stupid things, right? Who can jump over that? Who can throw that the furthest? Hey, who can take the most pain? Right? We all do different things that are dumb. <laughs> but when we're on a mission and the comms are open with our general, you're not going to be doing stupid things. Guys, we need to be in the Word of God. You want to be a good soldier? You have to have that communication open. If not, you will be prone to quitting. And you guys are here. Nobody signs up for a retreat. Halfway through retreat, everybody's on fire. Yeah, I want to quit. When I get back home, I want to be a flake and not show up to Calvary Chapel Miami again. Hey, a month from now, I want to divorce my wife and kids. The retreat was so great. Nobody says that today. But a week from now... A month from now, six months from now, ten years from now, that's where we're, we're, we are really going to see who is who. Right? In Genesis chapter 3 verse 6, here we sadly get one of the biggest quitters ever. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6.
Genesis chapter 3 verse 6, it tells us, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. So she gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. You see, brothers, Eve was deceived by the serpent. Adam wasn't deceived. Adam quit. Adam quit. He quit listening to his commander. He quit listening to his general. And no matter how long you're faithful, once you quit, it's kind of an oxymoron to say, hey, that guy was a great soldier those 15 years he served until he was dishonorably charged for blowing up the base. Right? <laughs> those two things don't go together. That guy was a great soldier until he had to get let go because we were going to war and he just quit on the team. You got to be faithful. You got to stick it through until the Lord says, hey, you're done. That's when we're done. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, that's where it tells us. God's word is straight up. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Adam knew exactly what he was doing. Eve, she didn't know. She gave in to the devil. Adam knew exactly what he was doing and he quit on the Lord. He quit on perfection. He quit on having that perfect relationship and friendship with God. And it was for his wife. And now some may paint that and say, Ay, que lindo, right? So romantic. The guy gave up his walk with the Lord because he loved his wife so much. No, man, he's a quitter. He quit on his general. He did not obey his orders. And men, most of you, all of you, man, you got amazing and incredible wives. But no, at the end of the day, just as Adam is the one that's held responsible for the serpent and the fruit and the bad decision that was made, so will we. If your wife starts planning all these things on Sunday morning and you just say, yeah, honey, that sounds great. Ooh, that tastes so good. That's on you. If your wife starts saying, hey, you scoop, it's not that important. Let's do this. We got these dinner plans. Let's put them in, right? Basket weaving, football, lacrosse, all these things. Fridays aren't that big of a deal. Wednesdays aren't that big of a deal. Don't just take the fruit. Because we are the ones that are going to be held responsible. And saying, hey, am I obeying my orders? And again, that's why you need to have that open communication. Because if you don't have that communication, you're not going to know what your orders are. We need to be obedient. A good soldier, he's obedient. He's obedient to his commanding officer. You can't really still be a soldier in the army if you're always being disobedient to your commands disobedient to what your officer is telling you, disobedient to what the governor, what the commanding officers, the general is telling you. And men, it's the same thing in our lives. We need to be obedient. A good soldier, he doesn't retreat. He doesn't quit. We got to press on, guys. We need to press in. Again, Paul is about to die. And he says, hey, you need to endure like a good soldier. You need to press in. You need to push in all the more. And then we see the example of a good soldier, right? We got the group in Asia. We got these two characters. Again, imagine your names in the Bible because you were a flake. Uh, Phygelus and Hermogenes, right? Paul calls them out straight up. He says, hey, these guys left me. They left the word. They're not faithful. Don't listen to them anymore. That's probably the main reason why he put them here. But now at verse 16, notice he says, The Lord grant mercy to the household of Oniferous, for he often refreshed me 
and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and he found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many times he ministered to me at Ephesus. So not only did this man have the open communication, not only did he obey his orders, but he was refreshing to Paul. This man was refreshing to his other brothers. Again, guys, when you enter into a room with other believers, are you bringing the refreshments? Or are you the vampire sucking everybody dry, right? (laughs) Are you looking to bring the Word of God into the group? Or are you looking to bring the temptation into the group? Who are you? Are you the one that's refreshing your brother's souls? Right? If you're in the military, you have a good soldier. It's not that guy that's constantly asking you for water. That guy asking, hey, you have any extra magazines? I ran out, right? Hey, can I have some of your MREs? I ran out. That guy's not refreshing you. But now the guy that has extra, the guy that's prepared, the guy that's checking you, making sure that you have all your gear on correctly, that everything's fine, that is that good soldier. And now he was not ashamed to be his brother. In fact, he actively sought out Paul when he was an enemy of the state. Paul's an enemy of the state. He's in prison because of his beliefs. He's in prison because he's a Christian. And instead of Oniphorus running away, he goes all the way to Rome. And now he starts looking through all the different prisons. He starts looking through all the different jails. Man, I need to find Paul. I got to find Paul. I got to find Paul. Brothers, are you ashamed to be in the army of Christ? Are you ashamed with the different men in the room? Some of you guys know Pastor Tony. He's awesome. But he talks about it. He'll be walking through the grocery store... And across the aisle, they'll say, Hey, God bless you, Jose. Right? Well, the problem is, the Jose's up there, they'll be like, Oh my goodness, right? This guy's acting like I'm a Christian out in public. What's going on? Right? Keep it down. I don't know how you guys are. Are you ashamed to be a believer? Or are you proud? Are you proud of the brotherhood that you have? Are you proud of the good, the bad, and the ugly? Right? Some people here, hey, you're super proud of. Some other guys come by and you're like, eh, I don't know, right? I'm not associated with you. But here, Onifers, he was a good soldier. He was there for his brother in his time of need. He wasn't just looking for a brother when he was in time of need. No, he was actively looking to be a refreshment to his brother when he was in need. Guys, that's a good soldier. It's not just someone always looking to suck the life out of somebody else. It is someone that's looking to bless and give to others. Because that's what our commander did, right? Jesus, when he came to earth, did he look to be served? Did he look for people to feed him, people to bless him, people to take care of him? No, his whole life's mission was to serve, was to feed, was to care for others. So again, as a good soldier, is that what you're about? Now we go back to chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, right? You must therefore... Endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Brothers, notice this is not a suggestion. This is not a suggestion. If you're here and you say, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven when I die. I'm not going to spend eternity in hell. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. You must endure hardship. You say you're going to heaven when you die. You must be willing to endure hardship. That's what we're about. 
If you're not willing to endure hardship, you're never going to accomplish much for Jesus Christ. The believer that's like this, that's always looking for the easy road out, they're going to give up as soon as something hard is required of them. They cannot fulfill Jesus' call. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Guys, it's not a suggestion. We have to give up our lives. You want eternity with God? You want eternity away from hell? You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And again, Paul's writing this in chains, in prison, in the middle of hardship. And now he's, again, he's writing to his son in the faith who deals with anxiety. He's saying, Timothy, you can't be afraid of prison. Timothy, you can't be afraid of Rome. You need to be willing to be in prison for your relationship with me. You need to be willing to go through difficult things with your relationship with the Lord. Because if you give up, if you flake, and there's some scary verses there, right? So for us, men, we must endure hardship. How have you been doing in this season, right? I was joking around with Yanko, Yanko, and, uh, and Tony. Right? We've been dealing with COVID-19, or COVID, or Corona, or the Rona, right? Depends who you're around, but you can call it. How have you been during this season? Have you been able to endure? Or is your wife, your daughter, the one that's calming you down, keeping you cool? Right? Is she the one giving you the pep talk? Hey, don't freak out. 99.9% of people survive, right? Don't worry about it. How have you been during this season? Have you been willing to go to church? Or now is that just out the window because the world says that's out the window? And guys, I'm... I'm there, I see it. There's pastors, there's churches that their churches have been closed this whole season. And yet they've asked their people, hey, let's go marching in the streets for Black Lives Matter. The church is closed, there's no Bible studies, but we must go out and march. Men, are you willing to endure hardship? Are you willing to say, hey, family, this is the most important thing. Not just when it's convenient, but all day, every day. Football game, birthday party, pandemic or no pandemic. Gathering together with brothers is the most important thing. Gathering together with the body of Christ is the most important thing here. Is that where you're at? Again, most churches, they wouldn't be having a men's conference right now. I think you guys are being blessed. At least at dinner, it was quiet, so I know you guys are being blessed. (laughs) But in most churches, this isn't happening. It's just not happening. We must endure hardship. Paul Trapp, he says, Never dream of delicacy. Think not to find God in the gardens of Egypt, whom Moses found not, but in the burning bush. Guys, you're not going to be able to talk to God, right? At the pedicure or at the manicure, right? That's not where the Lord is going to give you these deep insights to who He is. Most of the time when we get those deep insights to who God is, is in the middle of hardship. It's in the middle of being in the fire. It's in the middle of being in the valley, right? We have brothers here going through cancer, going through different sicknesses. And that's where the Lord really speaks to them. It's not when everything's going amazing and everything's going perfect. Right? How good is a soldier if they never go through hardship? If everything's always perfect, if everything is always clean and good, 
We need to endure hardship. We need to be willing to get dirty, right? I've never been to boot camp, but I know it's not a walk in the park. No, it's lots of push-ups, right? At least that's what they tell you on TV. It's lots of push-ups in the mud, in the dirt. Imagine that. I, I just don't want to get my uniform dirty, right? <laughs> Sorry, I, I just, I'm, I'm a neat freak. I just I can't do that. It wouldn't work. It'd be over. Charles Spurgeon, he says, Paul did not exhort Timothy to be a common or an ordinary soldier, but to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. For all soldiers and all true soldiers may not be good soldiers. There are men who are but just soldiers and nothing more. They only need sufficient temptation and they will readily become cowardly, idle, useless, and worthless. But he is the good soldier who is the bravest of the brave, courageous at all times, who is zealous, does his duty with heart and earnestness. Brothers, who are you? Right? There's a, a split there. Are you the one that's ready to give in to temptation? Are you the one that's ready to be a coward, that you're idle in your walk with God? You're useless when it comes to the ministry of the gospel, worthless when it comes to blessing other brothers? Or are you the bravest of the brave? Are you the courageous? Are you the zealous? Are you the one who does your duty with all your heart and with earnestness? Where do you fall on those two plates? And here's the great thing about the Word of God. You don't just sit there and be sad and just cry and hey, that's it. You're a bad soldier for the rest of your life. No, today you can make that decision to say, Okay, Lord, I've been pretty bad. But from here on out, Lord, my heart is to abide with you. And Lord, would you make me that good soldier? That's the heart we need to have, guys. That's the prayer. It's not, Lord, I'm going to make myself that good soldier. Lord, in my own flesh, in my own discipline, in my own, right, being the grandpappy of everything, right? I'm going to make myself a good soldier for the Lord. That's not how it works. It's saying, Lord, I'm willing to abide in you. And Lord, would you make me that soldier? Again, Paul, he's writing to the sickly kid, the one with anxiety, the one with stomach ulcers. And he's saying, hey, you need to endure. You got to be a good soldier. We need to abide with the Lord and be willing to say, okay, Lord, that's not who I am. But Lord, would you help me do this? Would you strengthen me to do this? Would you help me to endure hardship? Again, Paul, he's in the chains. Paul, he's not just telling him to do something he's not willing to do. He's saying, hey, I'm here in chains. Are you willing to share hardship with me? That's another way of what he's saying in verse 3. Hey, Timothy, you must be willing to endure hardship with me as that good soldier of Jesus Christ. Again, men, may we be those good soldiers. We know different, man, law enforcement, they're great, they're amazing. They're not all perfect. I love them, I cherish them. Manny, he'll tell you they're not all perfect, right? Military, I love them, I cherish them. They're not all perfect. There's some men there that they're there because they have a calling. They want to care for people. They want to protect the nation. But there's other guys that are in there because they want a pension and they couldn't get past the GED, right? Let's be honest. There's other guys there because they're just hungry for blood and they want to shoot somebody. <laughs> there's other guys there because they got a small man complex and that's the only place they could be in to be able to take care of that complex. Which believer are you? 
Which Christian are you? Are you the one that you're just so grateful and thankful for what the Lord has done for you? That now you have a mission in your heart to be that good soldier, to minister to other men, to care for other men, to lead other men on in the battle? Or are you just looking for a pension? Are you saying, Jesus, I just want to be saved, so I don't have to burn in hell for all of eternity. You're just looking for the pension. Lord, I want to go to church because... Nobody in the world likes me because I'm so obnoxious. So, Lord, I just, I'm just going to go to church because they're a lot nicer. They're not as mean to me when I do stupid things, right? Which soldier are you? May we be that good soldier calling other men to battle, encouraging other men, being that blessing to other men, having that open communication in God's Word and constantly being obedient to whatever the Lord has for us. Again, guys, it's a lifestyle This isn't just in your 20s. This isn't just in your 30s. This isn't just until you have grandkids. This is being a Christian. It's here and now. Until we die, we are to be a good soldier. Until the moment we see Him face to face, we're to be a good soldier. There's no retirement in Christianity, right? That happens afterwards. There's no retreating. There's no drawing back. Men, we must press in. That's being a good soldier. And guys, man, a warning for you. Many men say, hey, we're just going to retreat for a season, right? I got to do these certain things around my house. I have to take this season off to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to take a break from my relationship with the Lord. Few men I have been able to see that know really when to pull the brakes and say, okay, time to re-engage. Most of the men I've seen, if they were pastors and they had to take a season off, woof, they just went down the slide. Men who were in leadership, hey, I just got to take a season off. Man, they just went down the slide. Men who were going to church consistently, all these new things came up. Years later, marriage is a wreck, kids are a wreck. All of that's a wreck, guys. There's no falling back. There's seasons. There's short seasons, right? You go off on different missions. You have different patrols. There's different things. But you got to be engaged. You got to be in it. Now in verse 4, what does it tell us? No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Being a good soldier, it's making sure that we are not getting entangled with the affairs of this life. Men, are you being entangled? And again, that word is so key there, because some can take the scripture out of context and say, okay, everybody's supposed to be a pastor. Not supposed to work doing anything else except being a pastor. But we know that Paul, he was a tent maker. Paul did different things than just being a pastor. But the key word here is entangled. What are the things that have you so wrapped up that now you're not able to be that good soldier? There are other things on your mind, right? I know when they're out in war, hey, they're able to have those Zoom phone calls with their family, right? They probably don't use Zoom for obvious reasons. Uh, But they use other ways, right? To talk to their families. Are they doing that out in the middle of the battlefield? Right? Hey mommy, how you doing? How are the kids doing? Oh wow, there's fire, right? Oh watch out. No. That's when you're back at the barracks. There is a time and a season for all these things. But when you're engaged, you have to be completely engaged in whatever mission the Lord has given you. What are the things entangling you, choking up your mission? And each of us, I do believe it's different. For some of the guys here, it's politics, right? And you're just entangled in it. You tripped up by it, right? 
the Lord puts it on your heart to share with someone, but you hear they're a Democrat, and Lord, I can't, I can't share the gospel with them, right? That's a demon rat right there. I can't, I can't share the gospel with them, right? I can't do that, right? Maybe it's entangled you a bit too much. Maybe your identity is more in politics than it is in, man, our kingdom. Jesus' kingdom that is one day coming. For some of the other guys, hey, it's sports. It's the boat. It's the hunting. And these are all good things. Have hobbies. We're not one of those churches that's like, hey, you just got to be a monk, right? Being a Christian is being a monk. No fun. We have 10 acres at church. We all move there and we do nothing but read the Bible and pray, right? No, man, it's good to be out in nature. To be able to hunt, to be able to fish, to enjoy sports. I enjoy all those things. But are they entangling me? Are they choking me up? Are they tripping me up when it comes to my mission? We got to be careful with that, guys. And the biggest one there and the most dangerous one, it's our own pride and our own sin. That is the hardest thing in this battle, guys. We are in a battle and yet who's the number one enemy? He's living inside of me. I have a double agent living inside of my own mind. No, I'm not schizophrenic, guys. That's the flesh. Flesh versus spirit. Pride versus humility, right? I don't know if you came into this and you're like, I'm just going to men's conference, so I'm coming so I can pour into the other guys. Because I'm good. Everything's perfect. Marriage is perfect. Kids are perfect. Ministry is perfect. Everything's great. I don't know how many of us came here saying, Lord, you got to speak to me. I'm off. Lord, I'm off. I can tell something's not right with the kids, something's not right with the wife. Lord, things are off. Lord, would you speak to me? We need to have that humility. That pride, oh, that's not for me right now. That's not for the season I'm in. Guys, it's pride and it's in each and every one of us as men. Our greatest enemy, he's living inside of us. We need to constantly be in God's word, hearing from the commander so that we can live at peace, so we can be that good soldier. We need to be careful with sin. We can't downplay sin, right? No one in war can actively be messing around with the enemy. It's not that big of a deal. I'm just hanging out with the enemy. Just shooting the breeze with the enemy. Just playing cards with the enemy. Just lending the enemy my M16 for a little. It's only for a little bit. Don't worry about it. Guys, we have to be careful with sin. We need to put it to death. We shouldn't be looking like this world. We should be looking like soldiers and we need to be looking like soldiers. Why? Second half of verse 4, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Guys, this should be our life mission. This is the question we should be asking ourselves at the end of the day when we're going to bed. Lord, did I please you today? Did I please you today? Because man, your wife is not the one that enlisted you. Even though they enlist us for a lot of things. She's not the one that enlisted us into the war. It's not your kids. It's not your pastor. The Lord is the one that said, and it's like a draft that he picked you. He said, hey, I want you to be in the battle with me. I want you to be in the war with me. He's the one we have to answer to. You don't have to answer to me. You don't have to answer to none of us. You have to answer to the Lord and say, Lord, did I please you today? Lord, did I just please myself? Did I just please my flesh? Lord, am I pleasing you? Because again, guys, the relationship we have with the Lord, it's insane. Not only did He knit us in our mother's womb, not only did He give us life that we'd make it out of the womb, but for some blessing of God, we're all in this country at the same time, greatest country that there is right now, the freedoms we have, 
Most of us didn't do anything to get here. Some of you guys did. I didn't do anything special to get here. It's all the Lord. The health we have, waking up this morning, that's all the Lord. And not only does He give us all that health and blessing, but then even in the midst of us hating Him, being His enemy, He sends Jesus to die on the cross to save me. I'm His enemy. I'm the enemy at war with Him. And yet He says, hey, I'm going to send my only son to die so that Zach will maybe, right, come and accept the gift that I've given him and now join this side. Join this team. Is there any gratitude there? Is there any gratitude there? Because if that gratitude is there and in the passion, you're going to say, Lord, I want to please you. I want to be obedient to you. You have given me too much. You've given me this family, these kids, this church family. Lord, I want to be well pleasing to you guys. A good soldier, he is focused on being well pleasing to his general. Guys, Jesus, he's the commander of the army of the Lord. Are we living a life that is worthy of what he's done for us? Are we living a life that we are set out to please him? A couple other things here now, just adding on to this. In Proverbs chapter 18, this is such an important scripture. Proverbs chapter 18 Proverbs 18, verse 1 and 2. It tells us, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. Guys, a good soldier, he's usually around other soldiers. A good soldier, he's usually around other soldiers. And usually around other good soldiers. Right? There's different movies behind enemy lines, right? The guy crashes his plane, he's behind enemy lines. He's by himself. He didn't do that on purpose. That was a mistake. The enemy shot him down, yet many men, Christian men, they will seek to isolate themselves, thinking, hey, I can be behind enemy lines and it's all going to be good. It's all going to be fine. I'm going to isolate myself and be okay. No, that's not what God's Word says. It says when a man isolates himself, he's seeking his own desire. He's not seeking the Lord's desires. He's not seeking the commanding officer's desires. He is seeking his own desire. And not only is he seeking his own desire, but he is raging against all wise judgment. Guys, so many things in life. You need a buddy. You need a buddy. You go scuba diving, you're supposed to have a diving buddy. You go rock climbing, you have a climbing buddy. You go hunting, man, you should have a buddy. And everything you do, you should have another man there besides you a, to protect you when the enemy comes, right? To me, in, uh, in high school and college, it was Craigslist deals. Never go on a Craigslist deal alone, right? <laughs> Never go on a Craigslist deal alone. Ever, ever go on a Craigslist deal alone. That's common sense. But yet, in our walk with the Lord, the most important thing we possess, many of us, if we're honest, because of our pride, think, I can handle this by myself. I got this, right? I'm not a quitter. I got this. Guys, be careful. Be careful. I think SEAL Team 6, I think they stay together, right? They're all on a mission. You don't say, hey, where's Larry? Larry, where are you? 
hey guys, sorry, I thought, I thought I could go over here by myself. I thought it was a good idea. No, man. Gotta stick together. Gotta stick together. Gotta kick that pride down and be willing to share life with other men. That's been talked about in every single service. Share life with other men. To put that pride down. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. It tells us, I beseech you therefore brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Guys, a good soldier is a living sacrifice. When you get to boot camp, they sort of destroy your identity, right? You're not yourself. They shave your head. You put on their clothes, their clothes alone. You do everything they tell you to do. And as we are in this army, as we are in this battle, your life should not be your own. Your life should constantly be saying, Lord, what do you have me to do in this season? Lord, what is it that you have me to do? And a constant thing He has for us is not to be conformed to this world. Don't be stuck in the same mold that everyone else walking around is in. But we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. How do we get our minds renewed and transformed? By being in the Word of God. It all goes back to that. It all goes back to taking in the Word of God and pray. You don't understand the Bible? Hey, join the club, right? I'm a part of it too. But before you read, just pray, Lord, again, if you're real, if you're out there, help me understand this and help me to apply this, right? So two big things, Lord, help me to understand this and Lord, help me to apply this. Our lives are not our own, guys. We need to constantly be asking the Lord, Lord, what do you have for me today? God, what do you have for me in this season? I was encouraging the, the flock on Wednesday. I encourage you guys. I think we all, it all happens to us as we get older. I just went on a youth camp and I realized I am twice the age of most of the kids in this youth camp, right? I'm 32, there's a senior high camp, so I'm like, man, I'm twice the age of most of the kids at this, at this senior high camp. And we can all creep into saying, man, youngins these days, they are good for nothing, right? <laughs> youngins these days, they are worthless. Youngins these days are so stupid, right? We're all prone to doing that. That's the easy road, guys. That is the path of least resistance. The question is, how many of you men here today are willing to help raise up the youngins that look so stupid? How many of us are willing to be a father to the youngins that their dads are deadbeats? That their dads aren't being that good soldier and that example to them? Are you willing to be that? Are you willing to be that? Somebody else was that for me. It wasn't just my dad, there's other many godly men that poured into my life. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those men. Who are the random kids walking around that need you to pour into their lives? And you know what I've realized after doing youth ministry over 10 years? I'm the one getting all the blessings. I'm the one getting all the blessings being able to pour into those kids. Being able to, being able to see some of them get it. Some of them running away from sin. Some of them confessing pornography and getting right with the Lord. I'm the one that's getting those blessings. 
being able to see them get married now and have kids. I'm the one getting those blessings. Guys, a lot of you are selling yourself short. A lot of you guys are jipping yourself because you're so focused on X, Y, or Z that you're missing out on the real blessings in this life. Kids ministry, Richard's here. Hey, they're always looking for people, right? Youth ministry, young adults, men. Hey, they're always looking for people. Are you willing to be humble enough to say, hey, man, if the Lord wants to use me, I'm willing to be used. It's easy to tear down things. I think in this season we all know that, right? It's easy to tear down things. It's so much harder to build something up. Don't just be tearing down things. Be willing to build something up to help out and pour into another young man. And hopefully they will do better than we did. That's my heart. That's my prayer. That they will be able to do better than I did. And that's only going to happen if we're willing to be used by the Lord. That's the only way. Some of you guys, your kids, they're grown up. They're out of the house. Are you willing to pour into another set of kids? Right? Pastor Tony, again, I talked about him twice already. He says that he has tons of kids, tons of grandkids. And those kids, they see him as their dad. Because he was willing to pour in time and effort into them. Again, a lot of you guys are jipping yourselves off. You don't even know it. The Lord wants to give you more kids. The Lord wants to give you more grandkids. But just like normal kids, it takes a lot of work. Sometimes it even takes money. They're frustrating. But guys, it is such, such, such a blessing. Finally, let's close with this. John chapter 15. John 15, we'll read verse 1 through 11. It tells us, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me. And I in him. Bears much fruit. For without me. You can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me. He is cast out as a branch. And is withered. And they gather them. And throw them into the furnace. And they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Guys, we need to abide. Gotta stay plugged into Jesus. Gotta stay plugged into the Word of God. 
This isn't, you just show up once at a men's conference and say, woof, this is amazing, this is great. No, it takes time. It takes time and it's having to stay connected to Jesus each and every day. Each and every day staying connected because apart from Him, we can do nothing. nothing. You guys are awesome. Can't do anything. You can't do anything apart from being connected to Jesus Christ. You're not going to be able to be that good soldier. Not going to be able to be that good husband. You're not going to be able to be that good father. You need to stay connected in the Lord. And now when we're connected in Him, we're able to bear fruit. We're able to abide in His love. And then verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Guys, we have to stay obedient. We have to abide and we have to obey. Whatever the Lord's asking you of, whether if it's a TV show to give up, if it's a sport to give up, you got to be able to be willing to give up whatever the Lord is asking you to give. Not what a man is asking you to give, what the Lord is telling you in your heart and through His Word to give. And we do all these things and then what happens? We're bitter and we're sore. We're bothered and we're mad. We have a bunch of regrets if we do all these things. No. Verse 11, he tells us, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Again, guys, there's no greater life than serving the Lord. There's no greater life than staying connected to Jesus and being obedient to what He has. I have a lot of fun in life. I live the best life ever. And it's only because I'm connected to the Lord and trying as much as I can to be obedient to Him. I'm not perfect. Not that great. I, uh, I feel Albert Einstein, right? How he says, hey, I have no skill. I'm just passionate, right? Hey, that's me. I got no skill, but I'm passionate about a couple of things. I'm just trying to abide and stick it through. And guys, there's, there's no secret formula. No secret formula. It's just the grind. Just like anything that's worth it. Being super healthy, being super in shape. It's not just like, oh, poof, this just randomly happened, right? And I just got this. Uh, there's this guy that used to come to church. Uh, sad that he doesn't come anymore. But the guy was six foot two. He was 250 pounds. And dude was just jacked. Bigger than any guy in this room. He was just huge. And one day, we were in Israel. And I was eating across. And I'm like, so what do you do to be so big? He's like, oh, nothing. I just go to the gym. I'm like, no, bro. You don't look like that. Doing nothing. I'm not that stupid, right? Later, he walked away. And his wife told me all the hours he puts in every day. The eating he puts in. All that stuff. Guys, it's the same with our walk with the Lord. And these retreats, um, I was reading some stuff. These retreats, it's like any good movie. It's like a, a Rocky movie or a war movie, right? You watch a Rocky movie and then once it's done, the first time you see it, I want to be a boxer, right? <laughs> I want to be a boxer, right? Maybe you sign up for the first day, second day you get knocked out and say, I don't want to be a boxer. <laughs> There's different guy movies and we watch them. Oh, I want to go to war. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. Retreats are amazing. Retreats are important. But retreats, lots of times, can just be like that guy's movie. That all, the emotions are going to be stirred. You're going to be in a room with 60 other guys that for at least these three days, we're all going to want the same thing. But a week from now, it's about the grind. It's just about the grind. There's no secret formula. There's no sexy slogan or anything like that it's the grind it is just the grind opening the word reading the word doing your best to apply the word repenting when you mess up 
trying to put that pride down, trying to constantly stay humble, being humble enough to ask another guy, hey, am I doing this right? What's going on? It's just a grind. There's nothing super crazy about it, but if you stick to the grind, just like being healthy or making money or getting good at a sport or getting good at a hobby, if you stick to the grind, the results will come. And when you stick to the grind, it starts being fun. It starts being so fun. So maybe that's where you're at right now. This week is going to be super difficult in your walk and relationship with God. Stick to the grind. It's going to take a while, but then it's going to be fun. Um, my son Levi, one last story. My son Levi, he's been doing jujitsu for about a year and a half. And he goes through different ups and downs. And there'll be seasons where, Dada, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to jujitsu. Bubba, why don't you want to go to jujitsu? And he doesn't tell me why, but I know why. It's because he's getting smashed. He's in a season where he's getting smashed and it's not fun. But then he, he goes up and down. There'll be a certain season where he's choking everybody out. He's getting everybody in arm bars. And guess what? Levi can't wait to go to jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Levi loves going to jiu-jitsu. Why? Because Levi's having fun. And guys, it's the same thing in our walk with the Lord. There's going to be certain seasons that are tough, but you got to endure like a good soldier. You got to endure like a good soldier. And once you endure, hey, you'll start to have fun. You'll start to enjoy the ride. You'll start to be able to see how much the Lord loves you, how much the men in this room love you, and how freeing and amazing life can be when you kick sin to the curb and you begin to taste, okay, God, why did you really put me on this planet for? And to be able to communicate with Him, love on Him, and hear from Him. So Lord, we love you. And uh, God, I pray that you would strengthen us, Lord, to abide, Lord, to be that good soldier that has that open communication with you, Lord, that we're able to hear from you, Lord. We're able to listen to you, God. Help us, God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, just to be able to do this, God. These retreats are always so amazing and incredible, Lord. But help us, Lord, to not be those quitters, Lord. Help us to not be those flakes, God. Again, Lord, work in us, Lord. If there's any men in this room, Lord, that... Lord, they're still skeptical, God. I pray that you'd be working in their hearts, softening them now, Lord. If there's any men in this room, Lord, that they know this season, they've been that quitter. They've been that flake. Lord, I pray they wouldn't allow the enemy to condemn them, Lord, but that they'd be hearing you saying, hey, I still want you to be in my army. I still want you to be my soldier. I still want you to be my son. I still want you to be a part of my family, Lord. So God, may you do that work within us, Lord. May we just be obedient to you, Lord, and be able to really enjoy life, Lord, for what it's meant to be. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.